these mass things. They messed up my face. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, before anybody else says, my face is already messed up. But uh, they messed up my beard. That's what it is. Oh, goodness. We're in John chapter 4 this morning. So if you, if you, if you didn't keep that place, go ahead and turn back. And uh, we're going to be starting in verse 1. But uh, we're going to be talking about the well that's mentioned in John chapter 4, verse 14. Before we get into the Word of God, though, I, let's go ahead and stop and pray and, and ask God to help us, because the truth is, without God's help, this will all be for naught. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we can humbly come before you this morning. Lord, we are a needy people, but your Word tells us that, that uh, when... We are in time of need that we can boldly come before your throne of grace to seek your help. So, God, I, I am asking you for your help this morning. Lord, I humbly yield and submit myself unto you, Lord, and I ask that you'd fill me with your spirit. Lord, you know that I have no ability to, to affect the lives of others without your help. So, God, as I preach your word, Lord, I pray that you would give me the very words to speak. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be tender to your spirit and to the moving of your spirit and the work of your word. Lord, may we not walk out of here having seen whatever it is that you're going to show us here this morning and ignore it. God, I pray that if there's one here today that does not know Christ as your Savior, Lord, today that your spirit would draw them to Christ, that they would see their need of a Savior and they'd place their faith in him. Father, we love you and we're so grateful for all you've done for us, for our salvation, for our life, even the fact that we're able to gather here together, Lord, the hope that we have. Lord, we praise you all for it. Lord, we humbly ask that you would work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John chapter 4, verse 14, we find Jesus uh, on his way into Samaria. We see this in verse 1. It says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. This is though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Verse 4 is very interesting to me. It says, he must needs go through Samaria. You say, well, why is that interesting to, uh, to me? Well, because that wasn't on the way. Uh, he went out of the way to go to Samaria uh, because he had a specific reason, a specific purpose. There was, there was something that, that had to be done there. And, and the truth is that uh, we find that Jesus' entire uh, life's work is, is in two things, to seek and to save thou shalt lost. Now, he was going to Samaria not because he wanted to sit beside Jacob's well, uh, not because he wanted to visit, uh, to, to see the land, where that well that Jacob had, had dug, but he knew that there was going to be a woman there coming down at a certain period of time. And, and so he must needs go through Samaria. It was part of his plan. It was part of his, 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 his it was part of the, his list of things that day that, listen, yes, I must get to Galilee, but before I get to Galilee, on the way, I've got to stop here. Have you ever had something on your list of things to do that, listen, if I don't do anything else, I've got to get this done? How many of you like lists? Does anybody like lists? James likes lists. My wife, my wife loves lists. I Personally, I despise them, <laughs> but my wife loves lists, and, and many times that's how people function. They'll make a list of things they need to do, and I need to get to the grocery store today because we're out of, we're out of uh, whatever, that I, and I need that for dinner. I don't cook, so thank, praise the Lord, my family would die of starvation if I was cooking. But, but uh, uh, my wife will make that, that'll be, I've got to go here or else... Or else, you know, we can't make what I'm planning for dinner. Uh, uh, or I've got to go here because I've got to get this done and I need this to do that. Or we, we, we make lists. Jesus said on his list was he must needs go through Samaria. He was going to get, end up in Galilee and there was a shorter way to get there. But he had to go through Samaria because his purpose was, what again? To seek and to save that which was lost. There was a person there that he was going to meet, that he was going to, and not just one person there, but that, that person's life was going to affect the lives of everybody in the city of Sychar, in the area of Samaria. And I wish we could get it on our hearts that there are some things that we must need to do. We, got, we have a lot of plans. You ask young people today, what do you want to be when you grow up? How many of you were asked that when you were a kid? How many of you have said, I want to be a doctor? 
He wanted to be a, a, a maybe a, 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 a nurse or a, a president of the United States. Or you can have all kinds of different aspirations. I've asked several kids this, and I always love it. It's only happened a couple times. I want to be whatever God wants me to be. I wish that was our hearts. Instead, we've got plans. I want to retire someday. I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. And Listen, why, why can't our plans just align with the plan of God for our life? You know he has one for you, right? And it may be to be a, the president of the United States. I doubt that's it for any of us, but it, it may be for some of our kids. It may be that. But whatever God wants us to do, may that be on our list of things that we should be seeking for. He says, it must needs go to Samaria. He says, then cometh he uh, to a city of Samaria. Samaria is a, a, a region. Uh, the, the city of Sychar is the area. It says, uh, to the city of, uh, of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on about the well, and it was about the sixth hour. It's later on in the day. It's, uh, it's in, kind of in the heat of the day. And he sits down on the edge of the well. The Bible says he was physically weary. Why? Well, because they didn't have Uber back then. They had to drive everywhere. They had to walk everywhere that they went. He didn't have a car. He didn't have a, he didn't have a donkey to ride on. Balsas didn't have a place to lay his head, so, so, so he, he had to walk everywhere. He was tired, he was weary, and they were all hungry. The disciples have decided they're going to go into town to get themselves something to eat. It says, uh, and then in verse 7, it says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Now, uh, this isn't the message, and this is just the introduction leading up to, to, to the message, but uh, uh, again, interesting, uh, why is this woman coming down to the well in the middle of the day? Nobody does their hardest, heaviest lifting in the middle of the day. Well, if you know the story, if you know the account, uh, she's not a, w- a woman of, 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 uh, with a good reputation uh, she's a woman of ill repute. Uh, uh, she's uh, been with several men, uh, married multiple times. Uh, she wasn't looked down, looked well upon by other people. There's a reason she went in the middle of the day, because she didn't want to be there when anybody else was there. I am grateful. I praise God that we have a God who will put himself in a place to meet those people. See, it may not be something that you want. It may not be something, there, there, are, there are churches, and I, I pray that this never becomes us, that, that will reach out only to those that, will, that are dressed in suits and ties and, and look good and can, can put money in the offering. That should never be the focus of our visitation schedule. That should never be the focus of those we invite to church. We need to invite to church those who are in need of Jesus Christ. Now, that, 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 that extends to everybody. Can I say that? The rich people, the, those that have money in their bank accounts, they need Jesus. The Bible says it's hard for them to get to heaven. It's going to be really hard if nobody tells them about Jesus. But, but not only do they need Christ, so does the drug addict and the drunk and the streetwalker, the homeless guy that you see down hiding under the bridge. Jesus put himself in a place where they could all reach him. In fact, he was here specifically to meet with this one. Why? Because... He loved her just as much as he loved everybody else. Verse 7 says, A woman came and says, Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. He strikes up a conversation. He's sitting on the edge of a well. It's something they can... They can, they can talk about and he's weary I'm sure he's thirsty now I'm sure he he's God he could have got water himself fairly easily uh, uh, there may have been a bucket there or whatever but but he used this opportunity to reach out to this woman he says give me to drink but it says for his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat then said the woman of Samaria unto him how is it that thou being a Jew asketh drink of me which am a woman of Samaria for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans and even even uh, showing uh, God's greater love for uh, not greater love but God's great love for those that nobody else wants anything to deal with uh, Jesus being a Jew uh, 
should not have had anything to do with her as far as the Jews were concerned. The Jews and the, Gen or the, Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. Why? Because the Jews looked down upon the Samaritans because they were a mixed breed. Uh, they were, they were, some of them were, the, some of their ancestors were Jews uh, who were left uh, when the cities were taken and then the, then the Gentiles sent in others to populate the area so they intermixed and they intermarried and they were looked down upon because they, uh, they had a mixed up religion and a mixed up understanding of God. And listen, uh, but, but Jesus loved even her. And he says, well, I don't know why you're asking this of me, but he did. Jesus answered and said to her, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that, that said to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep, from whence thou, then hast thou li this living water. Jesus is taking the conversation that he started with her, and now he's turning it into spiritual things. And although she doesn't fully understand that just yet, uh, that's how, this is an example of how we as Christians are to, to witness uh, to those that are lost around us, because we live in a world without Christ. We live in a world of, uh, that, that, are, uh, that are in need of forgiveness, and they're, need of, they're in need of salvation. And and here you have Jesus making this conversation with her. Listen, you're never going to win somebody to, to Christ if you don't begin to talk to them about something. And listen, if that conversation never turns to spiritual things, it's never going to affect them or reach them for Jesus Christ. We can invite somebody to, to VBS. Invite kids to VBS or invite people to, to uh, our... To our uh, when the friends were here, we had the friends come and say, listen, invite them to hear some good music. It isn't good music that saves anybody. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Until those conversations turn to spiritual things, nothing happens. So we see this, uh, Jesus' example is he's turning the conversation spiritual here by talking about the living water. And while she doesn't understand it, he, she's going to soon. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. For whence uh, then hast thou that living water? Verse 12, Art thou greater than her father Jacob? Yes, he was, which gave us in the well and, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Speaking of that physical water that was in that well. Now Jesus again returning to the spiritual says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now we all know as we understand this is talking about salvation. John chapter 3 says it this way, he must be born again. Nicodemus said, I don't understand. Can I go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. That that which is born of the spirit is spirit, and that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Listen, we were all born physically, but to be saved it means that we become alive spiritually. It's, it's, it's a birth of the Spirit in our lives. This, this, this water that Jesus is talking about isn't just uh, isn't a living water. It isn't a spiritual water. It is the Holy Spirit. And I can prove it to you by turning over to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, if you look with me, to verse 37. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, cried saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. This living water that Jesus is speaking about is, is the, 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 the Holy Spirit, which the Bible teaches us, comes to indwell every child of God. Everybody who's placed their faith and trust in Jesus is indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. Romans tells us if the Spirit does not indwell you, that you are not one of God's. If you're saved here today, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And you say, well, that's not new. I already knew that. Do we really? There's a head knowledge and then there's a heart knowledge with everything. There's, there, there's, there's uh, yes, I acknowledge that the Bible says this is true. And then there's the, I, I live my life in a certain way because I believe this is true. 
There's a difference. We just had revival here at our church. I praise God for the, for the six souls uh, that, that made professions of faith. I praise God for the, for, for the, the decisions that were made in the last evening as we, all, as we sat there and prayed. Uh, there were about 15 people that raised their hands and they were praying for revival in their, in their lives. Praise God for all of that. But you know what? Revival isn't a meeting that we have. It's not something that you can put on the schedule. We have the friends scheduled for next August. I'm hoping we can do another tent revival. That was awesome. I had a, had a blast. It was a whole lot of extra work, wasn't it, Brother James? Uh, but <laughs> James says, yes, it was. But it was, but it was great. And we, had a, we had a wonderful time. And even though it was uh, raining one night and then a, hot, a couple other nights, uh, we had a, a blessed time. And I truly do believe that the Lord met with us there that, uh, those, those nights. But can I, but can I say this? The, uh, how many of you, as the, the friends were singing, maybe they were singing, uh, they sang a bunch of different songs. Uh, one of my favorite was Behold Our God. How many were here for that? Behold, as, as they would talk about God sitting on the throne and, and his majesty, how many, something stirred within you. You just wanted to, to I, I, want to, I want to test something here. Everybody, if you can, if you physically are able, raise up this hand. All right, hold it up. If you're physically able, lift up this hand. Does everybody's arms work? Uh, uh, Ethan, uh, they go, I was going to say Ethan's don't work. Uh, they're up. Uh, so everybody's got their hands up. Now everybody say it all at once. Glory to God. We can all glorify God. How, how many of you sat there and something bubbled up within you? Something was something you couldn't hold back. So every once in a while, I, I, I love to hear brother, brother, brother Don over here. I hear, "Amen." He didn't used to do that, did you, brother Don? I don't know if it's something just, it's not just northern people, but people in Ohio are the same way. But I'm not saying that if you're someone who jumps and shouts and stands and raises your hands, uh, that you're, you're extra spiritual than anybody else. But listen, there are some times when God speaks to you, it gurgles up with, inside of you, and you just can't keep it in. But we expect those, ty those types of feelings at revival meetings. And sometimes we think, I won't see that again until next time the friends come back. I hope that's not how you feel. Now listen, it's not about the preacher. It's not about the, the singing. It's not, it's not even about the, the preaching. You don't even need me or a church to have that feeling rise up inside of you. Did you know that? I want you to notice something here in verse 14. We're going to look at the placement of this well. It says, but whoso drinketh of the water, the spiritual water, it's, it's that, that belief in Jesus Christ, as, as according to John chapter 7. It says, but whosoever drinketh of this, this water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be where? In him. Again, this is talking about the indwelling of the, the Holy Spirit. But the Bible tells us that you can have that, that you have that. If you're a child of God, you have that Spirit in you. He's there all the time. We don't have to have a special meeting. You don't have to have a 12-person 12, 12 chorus up here singing, Behold our God. You don't have to have a, a preacher from out of state or from Canada or anywhere else. You can be all by yourself at home with the Word of God in front of you. You, you, you can be sitting there and just reading a verse that you've read a hundred times and God speaks to you in a way that he's never done before in that verse or, or shows you something you've never seen before and suddenly it dwells with, rises up within you and man, you just want to praise God and worship God. We can't have that. Here's a question. How many of you over the, in the last two weeks have lost some of that? Why? Because it's in you. Let's just be honest. I lost some of that. 
It's in you. The Bible tells us that, that, that that's there. What, what is it there for? Listen, there are times in, 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 in struggle. Listen, there, uh, not only is the placement of, the, of this well in you, I want you to see the power uh, that, that's in this well. Uh, God can affect you. God can, I'm not talking just about excitement and worship. I'm talking about God can give you peace when you need peace. God can give you strength when you need strength. God can give you help when you need help. God can give you faith when you need faith. Why? Because it's in you. We get all caught up in, in the circumstances and the trials and the, the problems in our lives and we forget that the answer to that isn't in some message that I heard years ago or some meeting that I once went to. It's right here. It's in you. There is a power. Uh, I want to... I didn't bring it up. I was going to read. Uh, there's a book by R.A. Torrey. Uh, he was uh, the, the assistant to D.L. Moody for many years, and he pastored the, the, uh, uh, the, the church there that Moody pastored after it. He, he wrote, wrote a book, and it talks about the, the power uh, that, 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 that we have, uh, not just in the spirit, but it's the, the, the book is called Obtaining Fullness of Power. Man, what a, what a tremendous book it is. It's very scriptural. It's very simple and easy to read because I'm a simple kind of guy. I like that. Uh, it's only five chapters but it's full of scripture, it's full of understanding. But he says this, that, that everything that we need in our life, listen, it comes through the, the, the word of God and the spirit of God. Now, many of us want the spirit and we want the excitement and we want the strength and we'll pray to God to give us the spirit that we once had. But listen, the Holy Spirit has never left you. Uh, we've just sometimes quenched the spirit. We've just sometimes grieved the spirit of God. But can I tell you, you can pray all you want for the power of God through the spirit of God, but without the word of God, the, the spirit of God can have no effect. They work in concert with one another. You can beg God for power to share the gospel to see people saved, but if you never give them the word of God, they'll never have faith. Look with me. There, verse 14, John chapter 4. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up. This idea of springing up isn't just because it's a living water, because it's constantly flowing. It's this ever-increasing flow, and, and moving water does something. How, how many of you know that moving water, there's, just, there's power in moving water? In, in John chapter 7, keep your fingers here. Uh, John chapter 7, just over a couple uh, pages there, verse 38, it's just, this river or this water is described as, as a flowing river of living water. There's great strength and great power in the movement of water. I want you to understand there is great power in this well that dwells within you. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of God sanctifies us. But he also tells us he sanctifies us by the Word. I want you to look at a few verses with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. We have too many people that are looking for power, looking for, looking for this, this work of God in their lives to change them, but they're, they're, while they're seeking for power, they're neglecting the word of God. And without the word of God, the spirit of God is starved. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says this, now when they heard this, who, who, what did they hear? Well, if you go back, Peter's preaching, and he's preaching unto them the word of God. So now when they, uh, and who it was is the Jews. So now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What's happened here? Uh, uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon their hearts. Ever been convicted uh, about sin in your life? There's power in this well within you to convict you. But unless you open up the word of God, or you hear the word of God, there can't be any conviction. Say, so what do you mean? Peter preached. What did he preach? The word of God. And what happened? The Holy Spirit convicted their hearts. How many times do, uh, do pastors get, stand up in pulpits and they'll preach against sin, but they never preach against any kind of specific sin? Listen, it's always easy when we think about everybody else's sin. Sometimes we need the word of God to, to speak directly to us. 
You go into Philippians, or you go into uh, farther in the book of uh, Acts where, where Paul is preaching to the Philippian jailer. The Philippian jailer says, what must I do to be saved? And what was their answer? Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And we say that and we quote it all the time. But listen, we've got to give them something to believe. Because you go on a couple of verses later and it says, and they went home and they, they explained to him, they, and they opened up to him the word of God. And he and his whole house believed. How many times we just run around and say, you need to believe in Jesus. Believe in about what? We, they, they need something to understand. They need something to believe. How do they get that? The word of God. How does the spirit move? Through the word of God. I told you Acts chapter 2 verse 37. Look at John chapter 16 verse 7. Speaking of the conviction. John 16, 7, 16 verse 7 says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter. Who's the comforter? The Spirit of God will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will do what? Reprove the world of sin. But so it's the Word of God that convicts us of sin by the Spirit of God. I want you to, what I'm trying to get you to understand is we cannot have this, this power that we're looking for. I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm not talking about getting excited because we have a special preacher who's a whole lot better than me or people that can sing a whole lot better than me. I'm not talking about, don't smile over there. I'm not, that, that's not what we need. You can't smile, I'm just kidding. That's not what we need. What do we need? We need to realize that God put something in us. And that with the word of God and the spirit of God and submission to those two, I can t you'll be amazed at what God can do in your life. You won't need revival because revival was bringing back something that was once near dead. Too many times we, we abide in this near death. We're, we're, not, we're not filling ourselves with the word of God and we're not submitting ourselves to the spirit of God and that causes us just to live this life of humdrum, nothing ever changes, there's no joy, there's no victory, we're just here, we go to church, we, we, we do what we're supposed to do, but, but where is Christian life in that? Because Jesus said he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And I see a whole lot of Christians out, out in the world today not living abundant Christian lives. Because they're not in the Word of God and they're not submitted to the Spirit of God. First Peter chapter one twenty three. First Peter chapter one twenty three. The work of regeneration. It says being born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Our regeneration, our salvation, this verse tells us, is through the word of God. But John chapter 3, verse 6, I already mentioned it, says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we're born of the word of God, we're also born of the spirit of God. You see where I'm going here? I'm, I'm trying to connect the two, the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And what, uh, we cannot be strong in our Christian life without submitting ourselves unto both of these things. The Word of God can convict us. It can regenerate us. And listen, it can give us victory. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You say, what does that have to do with victory and, and the Spirit of God and the Word of God? Faith cometh by hearing, according to Romans chapter 10. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing the word, by the Word of God. But if you look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, you don't need to. 16 and 25, Galatians chapter 5 tells us this. If we... Walk in the Spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What does that sound like to you, victory? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And then you go down through, and it has a list of things to talk about. Uh, 
being thankful to God and giving uh, uh, giving thanks to God and uh, speaking together of, of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Go ahead and look at it real quickly. I just want you, I want you to see it because there's a parallel passage we're going to look at real quickly. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 18 helps if I was in Ephesians and not Philippians. There we go. It says in verse 18, Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, it goes on talking about husbands and wives submitting themselves. And then on throughout uh, the rest, that's many others, uh, that we're all to submit ourselves to each other. Now turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians comes after Ephesians, Philippians. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing with your grace, sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever you do, in order deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit, husbands, love your wives, children obey your parents, fathers. Does that look sound familiar? One tells us that one tells us to be filled with the Spirit, the other one tells us to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. It's the same thing. It's being, being yielded to the Spirit of God. It coincides with being filled with the Word of God. And we cannot, in this life, live our lives as Christians without the Word of God. You want the excitement of the Word of God, you've got to do the work of digging in to the Word of God. You are not going to become an excited Christian, full of the Holy Spirit, being able to be used of God as a, as a vessel of Him without that, 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 that overflow of the, of the Spirit of God in you unless you're willing to submit and root yourself in the Word of God. John chapter 15 tells us that we're to abide in the Word and His Word is to abide in us. Here it says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Psalm chapter 1 tells us that, that we're to be rooted and grounded in the Word just like a tree planted by the rivers of water. How come we cannot get past this understanding? We may have the head knowledge of it, but we're not willing to do the work that it takes to study the Word of God and allow it to change our lives and give us the victory See, well, I, I, God, God has worked in my life in the past. Praise God. He's worked in all of our lives in the past. And, and, and maybe you're in a, in a great spot right now. Maybe you're still flying high from, from, from the revival services that we had, and God spoke to you, and, 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 and you're still flying high. But there's a warning here, and this is, this is the warning. We talked about the, 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 uh, the, the placement of the well that is in us. We talked about the power of the well and what God can do in us through the Spirit and the Word of God. But I want you to understand there can be a pollution of the well. And this is the danger, and this is what happens many times in Christians' lives. They, they, while they're saved and they have that well in us, they block it up, they pollute it with the things of this world. They block it up and they pollute it with the sin of this world. And suddenly they can't drink it anymore. Have you ever seen, uh, have you ever seen a, a, what a beaver will do if you let it, if you let it run free? How many of you, it's not on anymore, this is not a show on, uh, I, 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 I try to get my beard after those guys, I try to remember what they're called, Duck Dynasty? Some of you know what I'm talking about, you're laughing now. The Duck Dynasty guys, one of their, they love hunting ducks and they love, they love going out there, one of the things that they hated were, were beaver dams. They hated beavers because they'd go out there and they'd flood things up and, and it would ruin their hunting. So, so one of their favorite things was going out with dynamite and blowing up the beaver dams. <clears throat> I'd always love to try that because, well, things blowing up was just fun. What happens? You have this water that's flowing, it's, it's gurgling, it's, and it's amazing what water can do is it cuts down through, cuts down through an area and, and it makes a riverbed or whatever, it, it moves rocks, wears down rocks, and, and it just, as, as it works its way through, but there comes along that beaver, and he cuts down or gnaws down a tree, and he puts it down across there, and along comes another one, and then another one. Another one, they start sticking sticks in there and mud in there. It's amazing how those little creatures can stop up a river. 
So suddenly there's no flow anymore. The water's, the water's there. It's, there's great power behind the dam that's been built by that beaver. By that beaver. It's, it's just sitting there waiting, but it can't get through because the animals put a dam there. I believe in the lives of many Christians that have been, has been in my own life the same thing. While the Spirit of God dwells in me and that well of springing water is there, untapped by human hands. Why? Because I've allowed things to dam up the water. Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 30, you don't have to turn there. The Bible says, grieve not the spirit. Grieve not the spirit. The word grieve there uh, is this idea of, of, of wounding, of hurting. Now, the spirit of God, God loves us. And we, so we sing about the love of the Father today in, in, in song uh, the, uh, in number 106, one of my favorite songs. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure. One of my favorite songs. Now imagine that, and if you've got kids, you've seen this. You're now a child of God. And God has said, this is my will for you. And even though you don't say the words, what you're saying with your actions is, I hate your way. You grieve. You hurt. You wound the Spirit of God. Why? Because you would choose the world's way over God's way. You would choose your sin over God's righteousness. And the Spirit of God is grieved. Drop a chunk of cement or a piece of wood or something else comes along and God shows you something in your life and you choose the word or the, the, the things of this world over the things of God. Listen, just in our daily lives, can I tell you, we are fed the filth of this world whether you want it or not. Turn on the news. You turn on the television. Maybe you still get the newspaper. You read the newspaper. It's all, uh, listen, I'm not saying that, that everything is terrible, but it's the things of this world. It, we become earthly minded. If you're more worried about who's going to be president in the next, in the next, uh, uh, at the next election than you are about your neighbor getting saved, can I tell you there's a problem? Because the Bible says the heart of the king is in the Lord's hands. Listen, I don't, I've got who I want to vote for, and I pray that you vote according to the word of God and the, and the, and the Holy Spirit as he guides you. Uh, but, but more importantly than that, I'm worried about the person that lives next to me, that they might come to Christ. Because whether it's Joe or Donald, Trump or Biden, doesn't matter. God's in control. And if Biden gets it, God will let it happen. And if Trump gets it, God will let it happen. If we're more worried about the, 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 this, whether or not we should wear masks than submitting ourselves to one another and offending one another, can I tell you, you've got a problem. Why? The Bible says, submit yourselves one to another. Having the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. If we struggle with, 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 with hypocrisy in our life, listen, can I tell you, God sees it. Remember, he, he indwells you. Whatever you say, he hears. Whatever you think, he knows. And wherever you go and whatever you do, he is right there with you. That's how we grieve him. Because he may hear you say one thing, he may hear me preach one thing, and then see me do something else. That's called hypocrisy. He may hear me teach, tell my kids one thing, and then see me go live another way. That's hypocrisy. He may see you say one thing and do another. That's hypocrisy. He may see you read the word of God and then live like you never saw it. James chapter 4 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers, of the, uh, hearers only. We 
We're told not to grieve the Spirit. We're also told in, we're also told in 1 Thessalonians 5.19 not to quench the Spirit. Sometimes the Word of God is, is working. And the Spirit of God is working. And we come along and there's this idea of, uh, 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 there's a couple different meanings to the word quench. Sometimes we think of quenching our thirst. I'm thirsty and I, and I drink water and that, that, that uh, quenches that thirst. It, it puts it away. But this is more of an idea of uh, there's a burning fire there and you take a wet blanket and you throw it over. And you just quenched the fire that's there. Can I tell you, uh, there can be times when the Spirit of God is trying to do something in your life and you reject it and you throw a wet blanket on it. There, it may be, uh, maybe not even in your life. Maybe, uh, maybe the fire is already out or almost out in your life and so, somebody else is excited. You say, whoa, 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 slow down there. You're going to make us all look bad. And you throw that wet blanket on there. How many times do young Christians, when they get saved, they're, man, they're excited and they're, they're ready to go. They're on fire. They want to see God do something. And we say, whoa, whoa, whoa slow down, buddy. Throw that wet blanket on there. We, we, we quench the spirit. We, we grieve the spirit. And in doing those things with sin, the sin in our lives, God will, the, the, God will what, God, or what we see is that well gets blocked up and can no longer flow. Now, I'm grateful for this one verse. It's one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The truth is, we're all, we're all sinners. We're, we're only saved by God's grace. And yes, God is sanctifying us, and he's, he's cleansing us, and, and he's transforming us through the word of God if we're allowing him to, if we're digging into the word of God. But we still make mistakes, and we can still quench the, the spirit. We can still grieve what the spirit of God is trying to do in a church, in a family, in a home. Uh, but, but listen, it, as, as we do that, and God reveals those things to us, if we but confess it to him, and we ask for his forgiveness, he gives it to us. Imagine the mercy and the long-suffering of God who will do that for his people. He'll do it for you. And listen, we all come to a point where we need it. Because we're all still in the flesh. Now, I'll tell you this. It's best to keep short accounts. It's best to, to, to check that well every day. Say, okay, is there, is there something here in the well that I need to take care of? And if not... I'll check it tomorrow, because I'm sure there'll be something eventually. I'll finish with this. There's a story of a city in Austria known for its, its, known for its water. The water came down from a glacier up in a mountain. And shortly after World War II, um, because of just the, all that happened in the, the uh the uh, just the, the finances and the people were struggling. The, the the town went through its budget and trying to see where they could cut some money. And they found the, this this uh, employee that they didn't even really realize they had. He was called the keeper of the forest. And they they're trying to figure out who it was. And one of the oldest people in the town said, "That's the guy that they hired to to to, to go through, and he he keeps the the streams clean, uh, make sure that there's nothing in blocking the streams up." And 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 uh, so he said, uh, "That's that's what they pay him every year, and he's he's been doing it for many years." He's and they said, "Well, we don't need that anymore. We we, we just we'll be fine." And they cut him out of the budget. The next uh, next time he came in, they to, to be paid the following year. They said, "Listen, we're not going to." Here's your paycheck. We don't need you anymore. About six months later, they noticed the water was, wasn't as clear as it had been. And then people in their, in their town started getting sick. And it wasn't as, uh, there, was, there was something wrong. And they, they, what they quickly realized is, <clears throat> is that the, the man that was up there on the mountain, no longer doing that job, was desperately needed. So they went and they reached out to him and they, they said, listen, we, 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 they, they found him and they said, we, we want you to, 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 to come back and to do the work that, we, that, that you had been doing all those years and would you be willing to? He said, absolutely. Here, let me t show you where the problem is. He goes, I've seen it. I just, I can't do anything about it. So, so they, they go and they look and he takes them to this, this stream and there, there are trees down there that's blocking the water and the rocks are falling down into the, the water. It's kind of blocking it off in one area. He takes them to another stream over here and there's a dead animal laying in the, laying in the, in the water 
and it's, it's there. And he says, listen, all this stuff needs to be taken care of. And I, I've seen it, but it's not my property. I can't go on the property and, and, and do, the, do this unless you give me permission to. So is it okay if I remove these things? They said, absolutely, yes. And in a period of time, the, the water was clean again and, and it was flowing the way it was supposed to. What happened? Well, they stopped checking the, the source of the water. Now, the source of our water is the Spirit of God. It's the Word of God. It is pure as all can be. And there's power that God can work and we can grow and we can serve and we can do great and mighty things. Not us, but God can do great and mighty things in us and through us. But when we allow the, our, that, that well that's within us, that river of, of water, when we allow that to be blocked up by sin in our life, listen, what we do is we limit what God can do in our lives and in our church. You want revival? You don't need revival. What you need is to live a life that's, that's just submitted to the Spirit of God and to the Word of God. And daily to, to, to check that, 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 remove the different things, the, the, the sin and the pride and the arrogance and the, the lies and the, the, the selfishness and the self and all those things that we allow to block up our, our, the well of living water and we remove it. Ask God for forgiveness. And God will cleanse us. And we can serve him. And that joy that we had, we can have again. It's a pursuit. I was talking to my mom on, on Wednesday night, and she shared a passage of Scripture, and it reminded me of, it reminded me of something Brother Mark had said. He was preaching, quoting out of Galatians, and he said, we're to walk after the Spirit. The word after meaning to pursue, to seek after. You want to you want to you want to have joy? Pursue the spirit. You want to have strength? Pursue the spirit. You want to have victory over your sin? Pursue the spirit of God. But where do you find the spirit of God? Well, it's indwelt in you. But he works along with this book right here. Pursue the spirit. Spend time not just reading the Word of God, but studying the Word of God. Come to Him daily and ask Him to show you something, to, to teach you something, to, 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 to work in you. Because that's how God works. That's through the Spirit of God. And, and, and listen, every day can be a, a, a revival meeting for you. Where you're reviving and encouraging, strengthening yourself, and you're, you're worshiping the, 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 the Holy One in Israel. And, and, and listen, maybe one day you'll, you'll be sitting in church and the Spirit of God will, will, will rise up in you and you won't be able to help it, but you'll be able to join Brother, you'll, you'll join Brother Don and say, Amen. <laughs> See, I told you. Listen, I'm not saying that shouting is a sig signal uh, of your, your spiritual purity. Maybe it'd just be a tear run down your cheek as you th think about just how great our God is. But that's called worship. And we can't worship God without, according to Jesus in John chapter 4, worshiping him, him in spirit and in truth. Maybe you're here today the message has been mostly for those of us that are saved. Maybe you're here today and you can't say that you've ever worshipped him in spirit. You can't say that there's ever been a river of living water or any type of river that you maybe you're just confused by it all. The Bible says that we must, to have that, we must believe on Jesus. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 7. That that the Spirit is given to those that believe on him. Believe on what? That he died for your sins. See, when God created the earth, he created us to, that created the earth, he created human beings uh, specifically separate and different than he did everything else. He didn't just speak us into existence. The Bible says he, he, he molded us out of the dust of the earth and he breathed life into us. A man became a living soul. God loved us so much that he wanted to, 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 to be able to fellowship with us. But if you know the book of Genesis, you know that man failed, man sinned, man rejected what God said. God said, you can eat of every tree except for this one tree. And they, they sinned, they rejected what God had said, and the punishment for that was the breaking of that fellowship. 
but that's what they call eternal death. God desires to have fellowship with you. God desires to strengthen you, to encourage you. But most of this world are walking in ignorance to the gospel. And if you're here and you're walking on your own and trying to live on your own and you're, you're, you're struggling and you're wondering why you're not able to, to have victory, uh, you're lonely, uh, listen, all those, uh, God created us to have that fellowship with him. We're, we're missing something when we're not with him. If you're here today and you're not saved, you never trusted in Jesus Christ, I'd love to share with you the scriptures, what the word of God has to say, not what I have to say, not what anybody else here has to say, what the word of God has to say about how you can know for sure that you'll spend eternity with God in heaven because God loves you. The, al the alternative is rejection of God and it's eternity separated from God in hell. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. If that's you today, I encourage you, come to Jesus. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Listen, we labor because we try to work our way to heaven. We, we're doing the best we can to be as good as we can. That, that, that when we die, that we'll stand before God and, and he'll give us a break. God doesn't give, us, give people breaks. He's just and he's righteous and he will judge us so. The Bible says that my righteousness, all of our righteousness, is as filthy rags. I can't be good enough to get to heaven. We're all, we all stand... We all stand equal at the foot of the cross. We need Jesus Christ. We need his grace and his mercy. And he had mercy by sending, the Bible says he shows us his love through Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. Jesus died in your place. He died in my place. I praise God for that. If you've never accepted that, you've never by faith trusted in that, today would be the day to do it. Remember, we're going to pray. And then I want to ask People keep their heads, heads bowed and eyes closed. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for what you've done for us. I, Lord, I pray that you would uh, be with those that are here. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be in tune with you. Lord, I, I just I ask that your spirit would just have your way with us. Lord, if there's one here today that's not saved, Lord, today may it be that day that they trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, give them a desire and a hunger uh, to, uh, to hear from you, Lord, to, to know you. Lord, I pray for those that, uh, Lord, maybe just that there are some things in their life that they've allowed to, to, to hinder the, uh, the work of the Spirit in their life, that to grieve the Spirit. Lord, I pray that you'd, Lord, you'd show them, Lord. Search us, O oh God. You know our hearts. I pray that, you, that you'd work in us. In Jesus' precious name.